0: Praise God, um, wonderful Father. I just want to give Him glory first before we start this meeting. I just want to, I just want to exalt His mind, mighty name, Almighty God. I give You all the glory this morning. Your name be lifted up. Oh, Father in heaven, we glorify You. We're here for You. We're here because we need You. We need you more than more than want to you. We need you. We need you in our lives. We need you every day. Lord, be glorified this morning as we come together to, to seek your presence, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to start with a few verses. Um, so if we go together to Exodus 3, um, 13 to 15. Uh, three. Um, 13. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. Jahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. And then we're going to go to Revelation 4.1.3. Okay, so, Revelation 4-1-3, Worship in heaven. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit, and I saw the throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. Uh, We'll stop there, and then we'll go to Revelation 3, 20 and 21. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. And then the very last one, we go back to Revelation 4, 10, 11. The twenty-four elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased." The reason why I've picked these verses is because it talks about the greatness of God. How great is our God? Uh, This morning, I've had a bit of a pre-introduction through some of the worship songs, some of what you were sharing earlier, pastor. Uh, the greatness of God is a, it's a real place. It's a place, it's a place we can access. It's, a, it's, it's, the, it's characteristic of our God, but it becomes a place. It's a place we can enter in, it's a place that is accessible, it's a place that is real. Sometimes we think that when we talk about all these things, heaven, the throne, we think it's just a book. We don't really see that there is a deeper dimension with god and this is why i want to exalt this morning that greatness of him and that greatness that is available for all of us if we let the if we open the door if we are willing to go deeper we are able to do that because jesus has made that a, um, accessible for us. So I'm going to break down a little bit more these verses. So I started with um, Moses. Uh, because when when God says, uh, when Moses asks, if, if you send me to the people, who should I say that sent me? And he just says, I am has sent you. I am. And what this tells me is that I am is I am. is indefinite. There's no way to define God because he's so infinite. And you see that in the, in the text, the I am is in capital letters as well. Exalts the name of God. Great God. So if you go, Moses, and stand in front of all these people that might not believe you what you're saying, go and say that you come coming in the name of the I am. And the the reason why he also uses the I am is because I am, it's a present, it's a permanent person. I am. Stays. There, now, and tomorrow. The great I am. So, he is the great I am. He is the greatest of the greatest. Sometimes we just leave God as a God that created the world, a God that sent Jesus, and we stop there, but we don't have to stop. We can go deeper in him because he is infinite, and we can't even comprehend how big he is, but that's good news because it means that as we draw closer to him, we're just going to go deeper and deeper in him, which is what he wants and is what we need. We need that. So the great I am. And then I go on to Revelation to speak about the throne. This is the main, the key word that I found in Revelation. The first time I I read Revelation was last year in December. After I finished this book, I was shocked. I was amazed because everything that was in here is what what we're seeing already. And I thought, you know, I think the Lord take me to that deeper dimension. You know, the, um, that's, that's what this book is about. It's about revealing what is going to happen and how it's going to happen. And when I saw that, and I saw some of the things that are written here and we're seeing in the world already, I felt fear of the Lord. And that's what this book does. So if you haven't read Revelation, pray about it. But it will reveal so many things. And that's why, that's why John was chosen to come and write all these things and, and live, live it for generations. So one part that really, really struck me was the throne, the throne of God. So we're talking about uh, the kingdom of heaven. This is where, where God reigns. This is, this is his realm, kingdom of heaven. And, and he talks about how the elders just worship him how they just sing holy i just want you to imagine for a minute what it would be like to be one of those angels in front of god worshiping him it would be physically you would be physically unable to actually say enough to worship him because he's so great he's so magnificent the reason why he sat on the throne is because he is magnificent he is majestic he is he is Beauty, beauty, complete power, all these things. So what I really like is that we've got, we've got God, majestic, great God. He's sitting on the throne. He's got all the angels worshiping him. And then, and then on Revelation 3.20, it says, if I stand at the door and I knock, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. So you're going to go in that place where, where God is on the throne and we will share a meal together as friends. So we go VIP, VIP entrance to the kingdom of heaven. Thank you Lord. To go and sit with the Lord and it says those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. On my throne. So we have the right now, because of Jesus, to go and sit on the throne of God. Praise His mighty name. Hallelujah. And this is what I'm saying about Revelation. It reveals what is to come. This is what is going to happen once we're called to be up there. We're going to have that opportunity to be there 24-7, because it says, that the elders and the angels bow at Him and worship Him 24-7. I think I'm I'm finally trying to get my point across of how amazing is this, that you can be 24-7 praising God, God right in front of you, and you're right there sitting with Him on the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, So, one thing I wanted to touch on, as the greatness of God is His creation. And recently, I've been challenged by people, uh, Christians, former Christians, and non-Christians, who the Lord has just put me to speak to them. I haven't planned to go and speak to these people, but God just sends me, and He opens an opportunity, and I do what I do, which is to carry the message of the Gospel. And some of these people, we were de- uh, they were debating about creation, about the Big Bang, about the theory of the chimpanzees. And I stand there and I said, do you really believe all that? Do you really believe that we evolved from the chimpanzees? So how come the chimpanzees do- still give birth to the chimpanzees and humans still give birth to humans? It's not even logic. But this is what people have believed. And even though every day we see the wonder of creation, we still don't appreciate the Creator. Or we still don't want to recognize the Creator. And in some of those, those debates, what I found is that people don't want to do that because they want to be God themselves. Because they think they can actually be God, you know? There is a difference of knowing who we are in Christ and trying to be God. There's a difference in knowing that I've got God's power, that I've got God's grace, that I've got all his attributes, than actually thinking that I'm him, I'm not him. I'm created by him. But this is what happens with people that don't want to accept God, call it agnostic, whatever, whatever. They don't want to accept that God is the creator. And there's so much evidence, even for the one that wants to keep arguing back and saying no, that's not true. There's so much evidence everywhere, and I've actually um, on one of those debates, I just share, I just share what I know, and I said to these people because they were saying to me, oh, you should go and read about the Egyptians, you should go and read about uh, the Big Bang, and you'll see how it all makes sense. And I said, no, I don't need to do that. you know why? Because it's all in the Bible, and I believe the Word of God. And they said, Oh, but who knows who wrote the Word? How do you know that that is true? And I said, I tell you why I know it's true, because I've lived it first, because I experienced that, because the things that are written here have actually lived in my flesh, in my spirit. Therefore, I know that is true. Therefore, no one can confuse me or deceive me of what I know is true. And that was the bottom line there, debate finish, yeah. glory to God, yeah. amen, yeah. <laughs> hallelujah, yeah. hallelujah. So, and I, and I thought, as, you, as the Lord sends you to speak, sometimes you're not ready for the subject. And this is part of our, of our walk with the Lord that there's so much we have to learn because he's so deep, he's so deep that that is what we need to do and we need to be ready for when people ask these questions and we're not left like, I don't know what to say. So actually, I actually end up watching a video about creation and the video is called uh, Scientists Prove the Existence of God. And there were so many things that I thought, people are blind. People are really blind. So I brought with me a couple of facts. So if you are challenged at some point, you've got facts. Because when people don't understand who Jesus is, when people don't have that revelation, they need tangible things. They need things that they can actually see. So this is a way, this is a strategy to, to come in and bring that revelation to everyone. So some of the facts I found from that uh, documentary is about the DNA. So the DNA in our bodies. Okay. So this is a unique system uh, of codes in your body. It's a language. Every single human being has a unique code yeah. in his body. There's no double code. There's no two human beings with the same code. So, what happens with this is that there must be billions of DNA code language that only an infinite being with infinite power and supreme intelligence could create something so amazing. And when you think about your bodies, the the healing process of the body, what the DNA does is it has something called enzymes, and it, it's like a scan. If something is not right with those codes, the enzymes will correct any mistakes. And they, think, they still think that this is from an explosion. <laughs> really. So that is an amazing thing. And when you look at your bodies, when from babies till we grow, all the skills, all the abilities, that is the unique code. That's what God gave you. That's your attributes, skills, abilities. Everything is in Him, Is in Him. Um, the other thing is thunderstorms. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, thunderstorms. Um, I'm not gonna go into much detail about how they happen and what's the actual biological process of the thunderstorm. But one amazing thing is, when the rain falls, it releases nitrogen. Yeah, that's right. It releases nitrogen that becomes fertilizer on the ground. Creation from an amazing supreme god, beyond beyond human comprehension. Then I'm going to talk about the sun. So it's been lovely the last two days, or what we call lovely for lovely weather is when it's sunny and warm. At least for me, I miss the sun. So it's nice when it's hot and I love being by the sun. And sometimes I look at the sun and I think the sun is shining in so many countries of the world right now. And it's that one little dot that we see there is so tiny. But it says that the sun, so we can still see it, but it says that the sun is 27 million Fahrenheit um, degrees. And it's 149 million kilometers away from us. So how amazing is this, that that sun that is 149 million kilometers away can cause all this heat in England? You know, it's only the creator, the designer of the universe, that thought of every little detail because of who he is. Uh, I've got a few more things. Uh, There's 106 billion galaxies. Um, And that's another thing. As, As people try to deny God's name, they're still trying to work out everything with science. And the reason why they carry on and on is because they can't deny that this is beyond science, that this is beyond explanation. They might be able to help us understand every single thing that God has done and the purpose, because everything he, he did, he did it with a purpose. But that's why they still fight to try and, and understand what the universe is. Nobody can. Nobody can, only the Creator. So, I wanted to read a psalm about that, actually. So, Psalm 19... Psalm 19... Um, psalm 19, one to six. <laughs> the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It burst forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat." So even creation itself worships God. When we look at the animal sometimes, it's so amazing. I I heard a preach once that said that the only creation that God had trouble with was man (laughs) and it's true isn't it it's true you look at the creation everything that the trees do the seeds when they fall on the ground and they grow into a big tree that's giving glory to God that's attaching to the creation to the Creator and and living with the purpose that they were sent for but the good news is that even though we're stubborn we try to pretend we're God ourselves. God gave us a way to understand that and to now come back in that reconciliation with him and to do what the plants do, what the birds do when they fly. He gave gave us Jesus. He gave us Jesus. He gave us the key to get into the kingdom of heaven. The cross is the key to get into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, And then, as our Great I Am, we see His creation, we see His greatness. Um, We are able to maintain an intimate uh, relationship with Him. Uh, We are able to access that place of greatness wherever and whenever. And I'll give you a testimony, and this is why, maybe, um, I'm speaking about this today. Because I was at home praying, and as I was praying, I felt the presence of God falling so so heavy on me. But it was something I had never experienced before. And I've been following my Lord Jesus Christ for 11 years, But this was something I had never experienced before. Something that nobody had to put their hands on me. But all I remember is that as I'm humble in front of him, his presence covers me completely. And all I'm thinking in my head is the God of creation, the God of Abraham, the amazing God, is right here in front of me. And I felt so little, but so great at the same time. Because it was His glory that took over me. And I started crying, not with a weep, but it was a cry from my belly. And, and then I fell on the ground as if I was having electric shocks. And, and I, I couldn't understand what was going on. All I remember is thinking, God has visited me. God is in my house, God is here. God, you know and when you when, when you understand, that's why I gave a little bit of this background because you understand who is God and God comes and just throws himself at you like that. you you don't know what to do with yourself and that's how I was. I, I, that's how I was and I thought. Oh my God, this is amazing! And it is not really, it's not a fleshy feeling. It was a feeling of my spirit. It's feeling so overwhelmed right now by your presence. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. So, We can access that presence, we can access that secret place anywhere, anytime. The church doesn't have to be the limit of that access. Sundays don't have to be the limit. You can spend as long as you want with the Lord. Because the word says, if you seek me, if you truly seek me, you will find me. So even if you don't have time in the morning, Five minutes, if you truly, truly desire Him with everything you have, you will find Him and He will reveal Himself to you. And you will be speaking different because after my prayer, I was making prayers that they were not coming from my head. Like you see, I've not been able to stop talking <laughs> because I've seen the presence of God and that changes you forever. It changes you. the glory transforms you. That is what the glory is. It's, the, it's, the, it's that majesty is that light that covers you, any darkness becomes light, becomes light in His presence. Hallelujah.) Amen. <laughs> I'm gonna to go to Revelation 7, 14, 17 to go in a little bit more detail about this. Revelation 7, 14, 17. When I was preparing my my message for today, I was just sit I was just sad by the trees and by a lake, and that was my inspiration. That as I look at that. I'm able to come out with all these things because I see God on every single of those things. Now, um, Revelation seven fourteen seventeen um, um, Actually, we'll start from 13. Um, then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said to me, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. They will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun. For the Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water. And God will wipe, a, will wipe every tear from their eyes. Glory be to God. You see how much is here. You see how much... God is is so excited that you go on to that deeper level of His presence. I love this part when it says, um, life giving water. Life giving water and you'll never be thirsty, you'll never be hungry. Because as He is your source, He'll give you everything you need. And that life giving water is just experiencing that eternal life, that, that everlasting life in Him, life giving water. And I was talking about the sun as well, how hot the sun is. He says the sun won't even, um, yeah, the ne- will never be scorched by the heat of the sun. So, And he talks about the, the secret place, the shelter, the shelter. And a lot of the time, the, the Bible uses illustrations, uh, But these illustrations, we can apply to our daily life. So what I want to say now is, with the greatness of God, what does this mean to me as a Christian? What is this good for then? Okay, I understand all this, but how can I apply it? This is the next step. We need to apply these things. So when he talks about the, the sun, just imagine being under the sun, no water, you've been there for hours, sweating, dehydrated, tired. That's very similar to what happens in our daily lives. There are so many things that get us to that place, or try to get us to that place, where we're just tired, where we just don't feel like, oh, this is not gonna get anywhere, or this is just too much for me. But this, this message here, that's what he's saying, because in earth, you can already access that throne, okay? And that throne promises that as you are there in that temple, near that throne, you can access a shelter. So, if there is, there is a tribulation, there is a situation that is making you feel like that, you can go on the throne and he'll give you life giving water. Life giving water. We, we, we're able to apply this. What this means to us is that the kingdom of heaven is our kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is our home. And therefore, we must live by the rules of that kingdom. So that all these things that we're talking about will... Will, will happen. We will be able to access, access them, you know. If we don't walk by the rules of this kingdom, the chances are high that we'll miss out on a lot of these things. So, the other thing is, the greatness of God means for us power. It's power. So we're able to pray for people. We're able to come here and manifest, manifest God. You know, when we are praising God, when we're praying for someone, when we're humble are at home in front of Him, that's what we're doing. We're manifesting the glory of God. We're manifesting. People believe if they see demonstrations, and we're able to manifest God on ourselves. And one of the things He gives us is power. When you have power, God's power, it will happen to you. What happened to me that morning? He just told me what to pray. And, and it's things I've never, never even thought of praying about. But that was the power. And then I saw those things happening, the things I had prayed for. So we have power. We have power to defeat, to overcome the heat of the sun. We have God's power. And that's what I was trying to say earlier. That we're not him, but we've got his attributes. We've got everything that is in his house. Everything that is in his house, which is the kingdom of heaven, is ours. We have inherited the kingdom of heaven. Our eyes need to be in the kingdom of heaven. Our eyes need to be looking at the throne. Our our hearts need to be there, fixed in there. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, and I'll finish with this, this great God um, will not just treat you like a servant just because he's a king and he's the great God and the great I am. He will not treat you like a servant. He will not treat you like somebody that works there. He will treat you with in the most amazing and privileged way that a king can treat uh, one of his submits and is with love and not only he he wants you to see you like the king but primarily he wants you to see him like his father so it breaks any any barriers from God being higher than us and me just being a human that love of father to child is how he manifests himself for us. So we've got access to all these things, but it is as we understand that he is king, he is sovereign, he is majestic, but that he is Godfather, Godfather in heaven, and parent and children should obey the, their father. We should obey our father. We should obey. When I touch on the Exodus story of Moses. Um, I went a little bit reading on that story. I had read it before, but what I understood is that as God gives us a privileged place, he will also make sure that the purpose that he created us for will be fulfilled. And this is what happened to Moses. Moses was sent to talk to the people that were in captivity by the Egyptians, God had chosen Moses. And Moses was shocked that God had chosen him to go and speak. And the reason why is because Moses stuttered when he spoke. So how can God logically, how can God go and use someone that can even speak properly to go and speak to hundreds of people about a message that is going to secure their freedom? But God is God, and he knows what he does, and he knows what he puts in every one of us. He, put, he knows what codes are in your DNA. He knows exactly what you can do. So as Moses is debating on, God, how are you going to send me? I can't even speak properly. And what does God say? Did I not give you the mouth? Did I not give you the mouth? Did I not give you the mouth? So you go, Moses, go and speak to Aaron. Go and speak to your brother. And if you're struggling a little bit, Aaron is going to help you. But let's read it. <laughs> let's read that little bit. Just, just that um, last part. So uh, Exodus 3, 13. So Exodus three. Oh, sorry, I'm a bit uh, Exodus six one three. Okay, so sorry, uh, Exodus four sixteen. Um. Aaron, who was Moses' brother, will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece. And then God says, Moses, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. I'll read that again. Aaron, Aaron will be your spoke, spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece. And you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. What God is saying to Moses is, you're going to be me there. This is what I mean about privilege. This is a privilege. God knows what he's doing and who he chooses. chooses. And he's always there to work with us in that purpose, in that task, in that... in in whatever, as I was speaking and debating with these people about creation, God lives in me. So, God was giving me the words to say. So, don't be, um, don't doubt ever of who you are in Christ, and that you can achieve things that you don't think you can achieve, because in Him, it is possible. And if you're doing them, and even if you're struggling, he will help you and he will give you the victory in the name of jesus amen Amen. Amen. Um, hallelujah so (laughs) amen